He could be anywhere between thirty and fifty, and as always, he was wearing a spotless white apron. Mouse stared intently at Mac for a moment. Then he abruptly sat down in the entryway at the top of the little stairs, turned around once, and settled down by the door, his chin on his paws. Mac glanced toward us. Harry, I shambled over to the bar. Mac produced a bottle of one of his micro-brews, but I shook my head. Uh, I'd say whiskey, Mac, but I don't know if you have any whiskey. I need something strong, I think. Mac raised his eyebrows and blinked at me. You gotta know the guy, he was practically screaming. But he poured me a drink of something light gold in a little glass, and I drank it. It burned. I wheezed a little and then tapped a finger next to the glass. Mac refilled it, frowning at me. I drank the second glass more slowly. It still hurt going down. The pain gave me something to focus on. Thoughts started to coagulate around it and then to crystallize into definite shape. Susan had called me. She was on the way. And we had a child. And she had never told me. Susan had been a reporter for a yellow rag that covered supernatural news. Most of the people who worked there thought they were publishing fiction. But Susan had clued into the supernatural world on her own, and we'd crossed trails and verbal swords several times before we'd gotten together. We hadn't been together a terribly long time, a little less than two years. We were both young, and we made each other happy. Maybe I should have known better. If you don't stand on the sidelines and ignore the world around you, sooner or later you make enemies. One of mine, a vampire named Bianca, had abducted Susan and infected her with the bloodthirst of the Red Court. Susan hadn't gone all the way over, but if she ever lost control of herself, ever took another's lifeblood, she would. She left me, afraid that if she didn't, I'd be the kill that turned her into a monster and set out into the world to find some way to cope. I told myself that she had good reason to do so, but reason and heartbreak don't speak the same language. I'd never really forgiven myself for what had happened to her. I guess reason and guilt don't speak the same language either. It was probably a damn good thing I had gone into shock, because I could feel emotions that were stirring somewhere deep inside me, gathering power like a storm far out to sea. I couldn't see them, I could only feel their effects, but it was enough to know that whatever was rising inside me was potent, violent, dangerous. Mindless rage got people killed every day, but for me, it might be worse. I'm a professional wizard. I can make a lot more things happen than most people. Magic and emotions are tied up inextricably. I've been in battle before and felt the terror and rage of that kind of place, where it's a fight just to think clearly through the simplest problems. I'd used my magic in those kinds of volatile circumstances, and a few times I'd seen it run wild as a result. When most people lose control of their anger, someone gets hurt. Maybe someone even gets killed. When it happens to a wizard, insurance companies go broke and there's reconstruction afterward. What was stirring in me now made those previous feelings of battle rage seem like anemic kittens. I've got to talk to someone, I heard myself say quietly. Someone with some objectivity, perspective. 
I've got to get my head straight before things go to hell. Mac leaned on the bar and looked at me. I cradled the glass in my hand and said quietly, You remember Susan Rodriguez? He nodded. She says if someone took our daughter, she says she'll be here late tonight. Mac inhaled and exhaled slowly. Then he picked up the bottle and poured himself a shot. He sipped at it. I loved her, I said. Maybe love her still. And she didn't tell me. He nodded. She could be lying. He grunted. I've been used before, and I'm a sucker for a girl. Yes, he said. I gave him an even look. He smiled slightly. She'd be six.